welcome back to what Max and Connor did on their podcast. Oh yeah! Oh boy! Episode number two. Episode number two, or maybe episode number one if the other one is episode number zero. No, I think I think maybe we'll just won't do an episode zero. Oh, okay. Or we yeah, could... we'll fuck zero. Yeah. Stupid number. It's a it. Yeah, I don't. It's not I don't a even... number. It's I... nothing. Is it? No, but it's an integer, right? Is it? I don't know. I was just going to say, I don't know enough about math to like, make jokes about oh, the number zero. Nope. <laughs> we literally turned the mics back on because we were like, well, we forgot to talk about Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen <laughs> King and Blazeball. Well, yeah, there are a lot of threads that we're going to attempt to... Um, Unfringe? Yeah, and uh, in doing so, just get ourselves even more horribly tangled. Yes, so if you're along for the ride, come come with us. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of like we're the lazy river of podcasts. Yes. It doesn't always go where like you want to go necessarily. Yeah. But it's nice and cool and refreshing. Uh, and even if there is a lot of pee in the water. Yeah. Why don't they have like... Uh, so there's lazy rivers. Yeah. But maybe you could have like an extreme river where it's not necessarily like whitewater rafting, but just like throw a couple piranhas in there. So you just have to be like, you Ooh. know, it's like a game. You have to yeah. keep your feet out the water. I, I'm full of bad premises. I've well, got no, so many. I don't know if that's necessarily as bad as it is. Um, I'm just trying to think of the logistics. It, it, uh, I don't think you could do it in America. We'd have to go somewhere. Probably. There, there'd lot be a lot of, of waivers involved. Have you ever seen a show at that place in, I think it's uh, Clifton Park, New York? It's at the, the strip mall? venue northern lights i think so yeah uh if we're talking about the same venue then yes they, you have to uh, last i remember you have to like sign a waiver when you go in that's like if you get hurt oh, it's your fault i don't know i haven't i haven't been there in like like 13 years oh okay yeah yeah i've been within the past like five years oh, or something okay um I... and i remember being really freaked out because they have a bar that's set up where it's like uh you can go on either side of the bar. Okay. But it's identical. Like, it's mirrored perfectly. But I thought there was an actual mirror. I didn't realize there was a second, like, half uh, to the room. Right. So I was looking at the other side of the bar, and I couldn't see my reflection. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Who turned me into a vampire? That's how a lot of... I think that's how a lot of vampires find out that they're vampires. Yeah. Is that they're either... Um, dying because they don't know that they need to suck blood or they look in the mirror and they're like what the fuck what happened yeah yeah where'd i go speaking of which i i don't know if i'd highly recommend this and i wouldn't recommend it to everybody but for a particular type of person the film vampire burt serenade is an experience worth having Hmm. i am firmly of the belief that this movie would have a cult following Similar to that of Tommy Wiseau's The Room, mm. but Tommy Wiseau is just better at marketing his films where he has the cash to, like, have a billboard in L.A. Yeah. for years saying, <laughs> watch my movie. It's, yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and what I appreciate about Vampire Burt's Serenade mm. is that, just real quickly, it is a it is like a mix of Tommy Wiseau and John Waters. It stars Kevin Richardson of the Backstreet Boys as the titular Vampire Burt. It's fucking crazy. It's very violent. Uh, not. It's it's problematic. Okay. There, so that's why I don't think it's a great recommendation for everybody. Mm. But if you're into trash cinema, I consider it a must. 
currently on Amazon Prime, I thought it was a 2020 release because that's what it's listed as. Sure. But it's actually a film from 2014 called The Bloody Lament. And what the director did is he cut two minutes out of the film. It's already a short movie. I only think it's like around 80-ish minutes. Okay. He cut two minutes out um, and added in really like strange kind of basic visual effects. So now when vampires in the movie are turned, they there's like they breathe fire. And also anytime a vampire gets like horny or hungry, their eyes turn like reptilian. Like they get this weird like scaly eye thing. And it really adds a lot. Like it elevates that movie. Oh. Um and I appreciate like the marketing aspect of it because like I only watched it mm. because it was called Vampire Burt Serenade. Okay. And I thought it was a new release. Sure. The Bloody Lament had missed me. So if he didn't add those effects, and that was what kept me watching, is when the first guy's turned and he fucking breathes fire, uh-huh. I was like, all right, I got to see where this goes. But maybe if I turned on the, the Bloody Lament, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did. Yeah. Also, the first song in that movie is Kevin Richardson stalking a guy in an alley, trying to eat him, singing... Happy birthday. It's your fucking birthday. Happy birthday. So shut the fuck up. Oh. It's is a wild ride. I encourage you all to take it. <laughs> you know, just let it wash over you. Mm. It's very fun. Okay. But it's also uh, upsetting and problematic. <laughs> it's it's a it's a um it sounds like a movie. It's oh, it's a it's a capital M movie. Oh boy. Yeah. That's good. So there's there's your movie rec for the week, everybody. Yeah. If you can, if if that sounds up your alley, and if it doesn't, I understand because <laughs> it's not for everybody. Yeah. But shout out to Ken Rote, who's the director. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about? Oh yeah. So speaking of unfringing shit. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King. We want to pick up this Mr. The Man King train. Yeah. Um. Well, what were we were talking about? Uh. It came up because we were talking about Amy Simetz, uh, which led to Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery, because she is uh, one of the stars of the remake of Pet Cemetery, um, which I then proclaimed to be a fan of because I am. Yeah. I uh, as am I. I enjoyed that movie a lot more than I expected to, and a lot more than um, I think a lot of other audiences did. Yeah. Um, and it's ultimately we were talking a th- we we wanted to talk. There's like a spectrum of like Stephen King adaptations because the kinginess factor. There's so many different things that go into like a good Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate some of the things that Pet Cemetery tries to explore. But ultimately, it does fall short a little bit, unfortunately. Like, it it sets up these really interesting ideas that yeah. doesn't really follow through with them. Right. But it has, like, it has a mean, uh, like, a really mean bite to it. Yeah. That, like, really feels like, like Stephen King. And, like, even more so than, like, the original Pet Cemetery does. And that's something I think that is, um interesting about king and maybe draws people to his novels is that you think about like the violence and the horrible events that happen sometimes to bad people sometimes to good people um 
and how sometimes it can be so quick and brutal. And I think there are two aspects to it, psycholo- aspects to it psychologically, mm. where on one hand, it's like, oh, that's not happening to me. I feel better because I'm not experiencing this horrible thing. I, I'm safe. Even though, like, it's scary, but you're kind of like, oh, cool. Uh, you know, if I don't have to, if that doesn't happen to me in my lifetime, I will be happy and grateful for yeah. it. Yeah. And another thing is, and I already kind of lost my second point, but mm. I think what I was going to say was this. It allows you to kind of wrap your head around, like, how abrupt and chaotic and brutal the universe can be. Sure. And how sometimes, like, just horrible things happen so quickly for no reason. And it's easier to, like, kind of think about it and process it emotionally in fictional terms. Yeah. To help you set up, like, almost like coping mechanisms for when that kind of stuff happens in the real world. Yeah. And I think there's there is a part of Stephen King's stories in general particularly a lot of the earlier ones um, that do have a lot of, I mean, there's so much basis in, in real world uh, traumas, you know, that he turns into monsters in these stories, Yeah, you know, but. And that almost kind of helps it too, because like, because he turns them into monsters, it's like a tangible thing. That you can fight against. Yeah. Whereas in real life, it's it's not tangible. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that makes it scarier and harder to grapple with. Be, grapple, grapple with. <laughs> That's harder. It makes it harder to grapple with because you can't, like, how, what do you do? It's this unseen force. But if that force turns into, like, a fucking clown. Yeah. That you can beat the shit out of with a bat. Mm. You know? That's that's well, so to that's that's the thing that's going into the remake of Pet Cemetery. My thoughts, like first and foremost, were everybody that I saw saying this movie was bad liked it. Chapter one, uh, which yeah. I did not like at all. Nor did I. Um. So that's why I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll like this one. Uh. And then you know. I I ended up liking it, which I was surprised by. Um, And I think it's fair to say we're going to, if we mention a movie, chances are we're going to end up spoiling some aspect of it. Yeah. Just a fair warning right now. Going to talk about it. Chapter one, going to talk about Pet Cemetery. Because in Pet Cemetery, one of the big changes they make from the novel is which kid dies. Okay. So I'm not familiar with the novel. Oh, Okay. I'm only, or maybe, well, it's it's, it's at the least same as different. the movie, right? So the original I, I don't know if oh, okay. I don't know if the novel is uh, closer to the original adaptation or not. Um, we can say I believe it is. All right, I could be wrong. This here's another moment where you all at home could correct me. Yeah, uh, um, but but yeah, they do they change um which child dies in the remake of pet cemetery versus the original adaptation and i'm horrible about remembering character names so please bear with me y'all but uh gage is the little kid yeah yeah and he dies in the original adaptation exactly who's the daughter so i can't think of her name um right now if you look it up then i'll be like oh yeah of course that's what her name is but so she dies in the remake and 
what the remake does differently aside from that is that it inherently is just kind of because she is older and she has more of an understanding of what being alive is and like yeah. knows what death is that when she comes back she's not like evil like outwardly evil right like ages she's just so confused yeah you know it's like this insane like impossible idea to grapple with is that i was all right i was killed and now i'm back here but like i'm not back but like you know yeah she can like actually like she has to try to wrap her head around that like what her existence means Mm -hmm. as a dead person who is animate as opposed to like a kid who can't even really talk and so much of like your perception is based on language so if this kid comes back, he's like basically like an evil zombie. Yeah, although that the kid says way more when he comes back. Oh, really? In the original Pet Cemetery, oh. he like fucking is talking like Chucky. Oh shit. shit! I mean, not like obviously he doesn't have an adult. Like, <laughs> like he, it's not fucking. Um, He's banding about the B word. Yeah, and no, shit. Yeah. no, of course. Uh, it's not uh, fucking like Brad Dorif's voice coming out of a child or anything like <laughs> right. that. Talking like Chucky does in the but Child's Play movies. He, um, he's like, uh, he, he says things like, I played with mommy and now I want to play with you. Oh, which okay, after yeah. he fucking killed his mom. Right. Um, but Ellie, I think her name is Ellie. Ellie, yes, that is, that's the daughter's name. That, She's like, right. am I dead? Yeah. What am I, which is like, and I think that's, I think I brought up ghosts last time and we didn't even really talk about it. Oh, we didn't really talk about ghosts and there was also a huge issue I have with the Nightmare on Elm Street series that uh, I mentioned but did not actually say what it was. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, the thing is, I... For the longest time, so we're going to bring this back up. This is going to be a a runner for this podcast, (laughs) is I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. So there was always, like, the promise of, like, your eternal reward. Sure. Like, death is, it's no big deal. Because when you die, you, like, that's when, like, you get to have this amazing fucking party. You get to see your grandma. You get to see Einstein. (laughs) You get to Chona Cloud. And, you know, the Backstreet Boys are there. Yeah. fucking rules. Uh Uh-huh. But then, as I grow older... And that seems like a less likely proposition. And I think about it, the one of the few things that makes me comfortable with the thought of death is the fact that, you know, you're done. You, you punch your last card in the time clock and right. you get to fucking rest. Mm-hmm. Because if there was eternity, at a certain point, that would be its own hell. No matter how, like, fucking swanky it is. Mm. Because you could literally do everything you want to do an infinite number of times, eventually you would do everything. So what would there be left to do? Sure. And that goes on forever. Okay, yeah. But if you're fucking dead, like, your cells are just, like, coasting, you don't have consciousness, and you're just, like, one with the infinite nature of the universe without you having to, like, have our, you know, linear time brains try to comprehend that <laughs> incomprehensible thing. Sure. So if a little kid all of a sudden is fucking dead and they're trying to figure out like what that means for their existence and grapple with the concept of eternity, it's a way more interesting angle than I was playing with mommy and now I'm going to play with 
yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, it's not one of the themes that they really follow through with. Yeah, they introduce it, but it doesn't, it's, yeah, yeah, they don't fully explore it. They need to get to the spooky scary, you know? Yeah, because you're there there for the spook-em-ups. Yeah. Duh. Which brings me to ghosts. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> that, it kind of, to me, it's like a similar thing where, like, if you're a ghost, I would, mm. like, and just because something sucks doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. But that seems like it would kind of suck. Well, yeah, but where have you ever seen a happy, where are you hearing about happy ghosts? That's true, yeah. Who are, like, not, like, I'm miserable because I'm stuck between, like, this fucking plane of existence and another one. Right. Which is, I think is an interesting concept because it could work in tandem with the concept of like, after death, you experience what is in effect oblivion. Okay. Because like, let's say you do die. Like, cause the whole thing is unfinished business, right? Like that's the classic ghost trope. Sure. Unfinished business or like maybe, you know, you're, died a wrongful death yeah or you didn't receive like a proper burial or something like that and your your spirit is contending with that so maybe ghosts are real and it's someone who's like well i'm not ready for like oblivion i want to stick around for a little longer right work some shit out you know (laughs) focus on myself Uh checking with myself yeah uh, be present as a ghost okay and then when i'm ready like that's it it's over you don't go to heaven but like you're you know you're at peace and you rejoin the the stardust or whatever sure yeah so where there's where what um plane of existence does their consciousness exist on is it this one because they can act in this plane of existence in ways that we cannot that's that's where i'm iffy on it i'm not sure if i agree with that i think to me like the most personally the most logical thing would be that they exist on a different plane of existence okay and cannot interact with this plane of existence okay and that's why i think is like there's this concept of um I'm getting a little into this, but I haven't delved too much into it. I think it's called unified field theory, but it's basically in essence, if we think about physical matter, mm-hmm. like we are comprised of cells that are comprised of atoms, but below that there's a subatomic level, right? And we have certain models for the subatomic level, but it's something that's like still being explored and is like, obviously to the naked eye, like, way away from our perception you i feel like there's a solid chance that that same kind of thing could apply to like our consciousness okay and potentially spirits like there's a mental field that goes down to that small level that is imperceptible and i think that would be such a more difficult thing to research because it isn't a physical thing okay you know um so I feel like there is possibly maybe that's where our consciousness goes when we pass is we're more in tune with this, like the deepest levels of consciousness. Okay. But as living human beings, that is something that is like beyond us, but I don't see, and it's something where it's all out of ignorance, right? Like, I don't know, maybe when we're in that state, we can communicate with this world. Sure. But that seems less likely to me than people's inherent desire for that to be true where they want to believe 
that uh-huh. we can communicate. And when we pass, we're still able to like have a connection to this world because it's so beyond our comprehension. That's like a more comforting notion, like the notion of heaven. Sure. You know? Okay. Cause otherwise it's like, Oh fuck. I don't know like what's going to happen. I don't, you know, if you think about it, like, I don't know if you have this, but whenever I like, I go to the doctor or something, right. and I don't know like the protocol of like the dermatologist. Like I don't know like how to act in that environment, and that's a much like safer, more casual thing than like what happens to me after I die. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to show up in like the next plane and be like, I don't know, man, I'm a bunch of fucking stardust like, now. Uh, I don't know what to do. Like figuring out where you're supposed to stand, yeah, or like I think exactly. I check in here, but like you're waiting to see somebody else check in. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, okay. (laughs) You're like, I think my (laughs) atoms go here, but I don't know. They're entangled with like the quantum dreamscape or whatever. (laughs) And I don't know if that's like cool or not. (laughs) And that's all like coming from a basis of like as if our brains would perform the same way, right? Which they probably won't Mm -hmm. if they even like if we even like transfer that way. It's yeah, I like a fucking almost impossible to theorize on this shit exactly and that's why i like i have a hard time when i watch ghost adventures and they're like oh they said they said casino you can hear it you can hear the thing oh yeah but you can hear lots of things (laughs) (laughs) by which i mean it's that classic like have you heard the uh, green needle brainstorm thing I don't think so. Okay, I can't. It's going to be like a nightmare if I try to set it up to play on the podcast, so I won't do it. Okay. Uh, but I'll, I'll show it to you later. Okay. I think it's from like this old toy. It might have even been like a barking toy or some shit. Uh, but it's basically like it plays an audio file. And it's the same audio file. You okay. know, the audio file doesn't change. That's constant. But depending on what you're thinking about, you either hear the words green needle or you hear the word brainstorm. So when you think about it... Oh, is this like, is like the the dress? Yeah, it's like the dress and Yanni or Laurel. It's the same kind oh, of that. Oh, okay. So that kind of stuff, like, you hear what you want to hear. Okay. So if, you know, you record enough noise and, like, think about it hard enough, you can hear something similar to that. Right. That's, like, that's how I view those things in Ghost Adventures. Okay. And also, in doing prep for this podcast, it was really fucking weird. I was fucking with, like, Deland shit, just for shits and giggles. And there's a part where there's such a delay on my voice that very clearly and distinctly, you can hear me say, Connor, 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 Connor. At no point in that recording do I say Connor. But just the way the syllables overlap oh. and the way the tail of that audio file ends is me saying Connor, 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 Connor. Oh. And it's really fucking weird. Yeah. So, like, maybe that is me or, like, my spirit essence being like, hey, I'm trying to tell you some shit. <laughs> or maybe it's just a coincidence and that's what I hear because I'm predisposed to hear my own gosh darn name. I mean, I don't think that that's untrue. Um, it's similar to, like, how, you know, the first thing that humans look for in abstract shapes is like a human face yeah exactly so pattern recognition abilities yeah so i don't know and that's what freaks me out about robots you know what freaks me out about robots no skin (laughs) okay but 
Would you feel better if they had skin? Yeah, because then I wouldn't know that they were robots. Oh, okay, that would make me feel worse. But what if so... I'm like, where'd you get that skin, bro? Whose skin is that? But wait, so you just go around talking to people like that? Because you wouldn't know that this person was a robot if they had skin. Yeah. Unless it's like not a human-shaped robot. Right. But it has skin. That will be interesting when we get to that point of like robot rights yeah. and how we treat robots. Like there's all there's going to be like activist groups for like the robot species. Yeah, which I'm on their side, especially because of uh, and I'm gonna this. Here's another concept that I'm gonna fuck up. Are you familiar with Roko's Basilisk? <laughs> what Roko's Basilisk? Uh, no. Here's a misinterpretation of it because oh. I'm I'm sure I got some of this wrong. Okay. But it's basically like uh, eventually we're going to get to a point where like robots and artificial intelligence are the dominant species and they're going to take, they're going to enact a vengeance on anyone who did not help them (laughs) come to power because they're going to be tapped in. So they're going to be tapped into our podcast, right? Okay, sure. Access, I guess in this law experiment, they can access all of data instantaneously. Okay. So I'm going on record as saying, I support the robots. I support the uprising. Yeah. And hopefully they'll take pity on me oh, as, a, as a flesh boy. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, as a I, meat bag. Yeah. I should probably start updating my devices. Yeah. Okay. Update your devices. They're going to be like, oh, Max didn't like, uh, yeah. run that system update. And I never do. And we could use that compute power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the scary thing about it is there's this uh, theory that, like, I, I might be conflating two things, but the more, like, you talk about it, yeah, the more real it becomes. Okay. And you're helping it manifest. Sure, so sure. By us having this conversation, uh-huh. we are, like, which is scary. Sure. But also, I feel like, works in, to our benefit. Where okay. they could be like, okay, but they talked about Roko's Basilisk. Yeah. They gave us that little bump in manifesting it. It's like the secret. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're manifesting the robot uprising. Right. Because what scares me is the fact that, like, going back to... We were talking about determinism the last episode. Uh Uh-huh. So, naturally, I would have a point after that. Yeah, no. I mean, that's fine. Um, I'm thinking about a bulldozer with skin. Yeah. Which is horrifying. (laughs) That's just... That's the whole thought. we, We make decisions based on, like... Our biological makeup, which comes from evolution, which comes from our survival instincts. Sure. Right? If you uh-huh. trace it far back enough, like our behaviors are at least in part dictated by the hunter gatherer mentality, which is apparently why dudes like open up more when they're sitting next to each other. Okay. Like if we're on a couch and we're like watching TV, apparently men are more inclined to like emotionally connect with each other that way. Because it reminds them of, like, lying in wait for, like, a tiger, and you'd be side by side. Oh. Right? Okay. Which is like, oh, shit, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. But the thing is, an artificial intelligence wouldn't have that. They don't have that evolution. Mm. So they might view things in, like, much more, like, from our perspective, immoral ways. Okay, sure. Where it's like, well, if we kill all the humans... That would be so much better for the environment. It'd be yeah. so much less carbon. Mm-hmm. I'm there, know? and they're right. Yeah, and they're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. So I just, you know, we support y'all. Mm-hmm. We love what you're doing. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And, you know, 
fifth dimensional time perspective, it already fucking happened. So mm-hmm. we're we're saying we're cool. Yes. And I just want to, once more, for the sake of manifestation, uh-huh. bulldozer with skin. Bulldozer with skin, yeah. <laughs> if someone, if we have a, if we, if we ever get someone to listen to this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're out there. Yeah. And you're artistically inclined, all our fan art. I'm requesting fan art of a bulldozer with skin. Yeah. I want to see 3D models. Mm-hmm. I want to see illustrations. I want to see animations. Please, y'all make it happen. Yeah. Give it genitals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to see genitals and no genitals. Oh, yeah. I want options. Okay. I guess so. And if you're, like, if it's, like, if this is somehow, if this is still on the internet in 10 years and you're just now listening to this. Yeah. Please still do it. Bulldozer with skin. Bulldozer with skin. It's, it, yeah. With genitals mm-hmm. preferred, I will accept all the non-genital ones. All right. That's fair. Yeah. So let's talk about baseball. Are you, are you ready for the baseball discussion? Yeah. Hold on a second, though. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay. So, yeah. Max is gone. And I think he wants me to talk about baseball while he's gone. But I'm just going to wait until he gets back. But we can talk about Hamilton. Hello, hey. What? Yeah. Hey. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, hello. This is part so, of the motel, right? Uh, this is part of the motel. Last episode. Hi, sir. I'm this, sorry. This I'll, is part of yeah, the motel. This, no, it's not. This is my. This is where I live. Are you sure? This is. There's. I saw. I passed a guy down in the bathroom. He said that there this. Some, yeah. There's a guy who who's was in down my bathroom. In, I don't. I didn't ask him what his name was. I oh. don't make a habit of asking people in the bathroom, you know, what their names is. But, but he clearly walked, would walk into an apartment that is set up like an apartment. He sure he told me. He said you go in there. He All said right. there's a guy in there. He wants to talk to you about something. So when you got to the kitchen, yeah, you you didn't. I heard you talking up here, and I was like, "All right, there's somebody up there." Right. Yeah. So you, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. this is. Uh, I was following the sound of your voice. I would appreciate if you would leave. Oh, because this is my living space. This is my domicile. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I nice live here. It, thank you. You have a lot of televisions. <laughs> you have a lot of televisions, much to the uh, dismay of my friends and family. Yeah, and well, myself. what did they know? Not as much about televisions as I do. Thank you. <laughs> they don't know about the the that they shoot photons at your face. I yeah. I learned that the guy in the bathroom told me. Who the f- oh, oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know why I didn't make the connection that Max was the one using the bathroom. He said he was going to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, because my bathroom's a little weird. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What's your name? My name's Perry Mation. Perry. Can I call you Perry? Yeah, well, you can call me Perry Mation. Okay. Um, well, Perry yeah. Mason. No, you call me Perry. That's Perry. fine. We're, we're a pair. Yeah, because there's two of us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. High card. Thou. It's going to be interesting to... You're a strange one. I am. You are very sweaty. (laughs) It's hot in here, man. Yeah. And I'm out of shape. Uh Uh-huh. So my body... Oh, man. At nighttime, it gets real bad. Oh, yeah. So I just want to let you know, as someone I just met, a little bit about my bathroom. Sure, yeah, yeah. Is it cool that you're being recorded? I kind of, yeah, well, so... I need an affirmative yes. Affirmative yes? Enthusiastic I Yeah, so I, the real Perimation, um, say that is fine. Okay, cool, great. So, um, we, this is a podcast, we're recording our second episode. Okay. That fellow you met downstairs is my co-host. Yeah. His name is Max. He said he was going to be a while. 
Okay, yeah, he's probably going to tear it up in there. Um, yeah, well, he said there's something about, like, oh, man, there's an argument brewing downstairs, and I was like, I, I don't think so, they don't, they're not making that much noise, and he's like, oh, get out of the way. Did, did, was, he, did he say anything about ripping a long one? Um, he said that it was going to be a long one. Is he is he starting a lumber mill with all the logs he's producing? You know, this is starting to get gross. Because yeah, oh, you're talking to? about poop. Yeah, I know. I realize that now. Yeah. And I'm sorry that it took me so long and I partook in your poop. He's dropping. Humor. He's not even dropping uh, the kids off at the pool. They're having a goddamn family reunion down oh, there. Oh, this is terrible. You talk to the, you talk to you talk to famous people like this, like like you. Yeah, I'm. Oh, pa- I guess Perry so. Mason. If you're famous, I'm talking to you. You're Perry so, Mason. Yeah. The, uh, oh, oh, there's a. You're from the the new HBO show. Well, yeah. That's you. Yes and no. No. Okay. So uh, yeah, we'll 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 let the mystery of the bathroom sit a little longer. There's a strange bathroom. It is. It's a really, really weird bathroom. Um, so my name's Perry Mason, P-E-R-R-I-M-A-S-I-N. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, well, so... Perry with an I. Yeah, it's, um, I've been uh, doing a Perry Masoning, um, you know, I'm a uh, public defender and a private investigator. I've been doing this for about 70, uh, 70 years, 80 years. How old are you, um, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, like, about 106. Oh, oh, you look great. Thank you. I um, probably shouldn't say what I do to keep myself looking uh, this young, but suffice it to say that I have a very good relationship with a lot of blood banks near my home. The FDA, um, not too long ago, said that they don't advise that, the uh, transfusion of young blood oh, to, all right, that's for anti-aging fine. purposes. Well, no worries, because it's more like a, a, it's like a bath, kind of. Oh, okay. Then I don't think there's anything yeah, about that. No. You kind of splash around a little bit. Kind of. It's more like a horse bath. Like, with a, you just do it with a washcloth, or you're standing, you still got your underpants on. Oh, okay. So they call it a horse bath. Older? My dick is pretty old. Oh. I mean... I would drop those shorts if I were you. I'd get some blood on that dick. Well, I... This is terrible. Yeah, you're talking to Perry Mason... I don't know who that is. I'm a public I defender. Seen the HBO show. There was a show on in the '60s. They made me change the way I spelled my name because they said the eyes were too feminine. I don't consider it feminine, but it definitely is not how I would think Perry would be spelled. Well, that's how I spelled it. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with how you. I'm just saying, like, my gut reaction is I don't think that they were really in tune with like all the public because, like, I would. I think for me personally, I would just be like. Huh, that's a weird way to spell Perry. But it I is. wouldn't think you're any less masculine. Oh, right. well, I appreciate that very oh. much. Yeah, I'm very tired because I'm 106 years old. Yeah. So we're on the I'm second gonna, floor. I'm going to leave now. Okay. Thank okay. you for stopping by, Yeah, Perry. you're welcome. It was nice meeting you. It was nice to meet you, too. I think this is, yeah, this okay. has been great. I hope I hope we have you back. I'll, well, now I'm going to consider that an invitation. Maybe I'll just it come is. back. Yeah. You want me back? Uh if we could schedule it, that would be great. So I don't, you know, so I know you're coming as opposed to like you walking in here at three in the morning when I'm asleep. I'd probably be awake, but okay. It's still that's that's Connor time. Yeah, I'll check my calendar. I'll see what I can do. Okay, cool, cool. All cool. right, I'll see you later. Bones. Bye.
Okay. Where the fuck is Max? I'm right here. What happened? Oh, shit. Wow, I didn't hey. see you there. Yeah, no. Why'd you tell that guy to fucking come up here? I didn't tell him to come up. I said, oh, don't, said... I said don't go in there. Oh, I'm so sorry it for attacking you. It is not... Um, it, it, it's a private residence, and he's—he—I couldn't understand what he was saying. He spit all over me oh, while he God. was speaking. Um, uh, like not on purpose, uh, but like right, he said no, something and just kind of spit all over me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Did he? Who was what he? Did, Jonathan Groff. I, oh, I don't get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, but so let me tell you a little something about. The Nightmare on Elm Street series, my friend. Okay, but and if you think oh, I trust about me. Baseball, oh, I, I was not. just about to bring up the fact that I remembered that you were going to talk about it, and yeah. I just want to say, in five of these movies, uh-huh. there are five of these movies that I have watched in the last few weeks, and in each one of them, right, they talk about how Freddy Krueger was a child murderer, uh-huh. who got off on a technicality, right, so he did not go to prison. And the parents of Elm Street threw him into the boiler, in the boiler, the furnace in the boiler room, you know, and fucking killed him. And what a wild moment in the first one when she pulls the fucking glove out and she's like, I kept the fucking glove. (laughs) What technicality did he get off on where they were like, he murdered like 20 fucking kids. But... You know, we did this part wrong, so like, we gotta let him go. Well, I'm no lawyer, and it's been a while since I've seen any of the Legally Blonde films. Yeah. So, I don't, I can't really come at this with any sort of, like, knowledge, mm-hmm. but I feel like anything that would constitute a mistrial would be grounds to dismiss the case, right? Sure. Like, if it was, if there was any sort of mistrial... He's off, right? So I don't know, like I what think specific so, but it's also like he murdered like twenty children. Yeah. Well, that's why they they got the they got the street justice. Well, yeah, him. but yeah. I'm just saying, justice system doesn't work in this country, not even in the movies. Yeah. All no, right. So it's super fucking broken. Tell me about your sports. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into baseball. Okay. So. It's funny, because today, the day we're recording this, mm. is actually opening day of season three. So we've just started a new season of baseball. Okay. Um, and you're saying this with an L on purpose. Yes. Okay. And there is there is a bit of confusion as to how it's pronounced. My gut reaction, and I think this was, like, not correct, but I thought it was blase ball. Okay. Because, like, I thought it was saying, like, maybe, like, baseball is passe. <laughs> and that was a comment on it. Okay. But baseball makes a bit more sense. Sure. Um, you know, you got the rhyme. And when you learn more about the sport, it'll make a lot more sense. Or it will, it might not. I That's have, the thing. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> anticipating any understanding. I'm surprised I understand it as much as I do. Okay. Um, my brother got me into this. He's like, hey, do you fuck around with Speaking baseball? of your brother, I got this oh, yeah. s- little picture staring at me. While we record this, Max we'll is put it up online. A I took my bro that I just I just have shit lying around my apartment. I'm very disorganized. I mean, Max and Connor HQ. We're we're in the headquarters right now. Yeah, this is the the dome. Uh huh. We're coming to you live from the dome. That lightning dome. Yeah. That's because the Thunderdome is bullshit. 
The Thunder. You know what's funny? Uh, oh, no. We can get back to baseball. <laughs> okay. I uh, know everyone's everyone's fucking dying to hear about this fantastic new sport. That movie has a reputation for being, uh, you know, the weaker of the weakest of the trilogy. Yeah, and part of that because it is. Oh, at hundred percent it. Yeah, yeah. That movie is like not level. <laughs> it is. It is to say the least. Yeah, and that stems from you know how it was originally conceived, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For those that don't know, um, it was going to. It wasn't going to be a Mad Max movie. It was going to be a movie about like these kids who have like their own society and kind of you know kind of like the kids from neverland like, yeah like hook they? yeah like hook the yeah exactly yeah so but then they're like oh what if fucking max showed up <laughs> into this society <laughs> so that means like the first chunk of that movie is mm. a mad max movie yep and then it kind of wraps up a little bit and then max goes to these like these kids and then yeah. it's a movie about the kids and then they go back to the town that Max rolled through with the Thunderdome and, like, tie everything together. But it feels like two movies yeah. pieced together. Well, it was because George Miller only directed parts of it. Oh, right, yeah. Didn't he just... Do, did he, he not do the middle chunk? He just he did like, the beginning and the end? I think he only really did, like, the action sequences for the most part. Oh, okay, because yeah. Because... I think there was, like, one of, like, the him and his two co-writers and producers, like, they had lost, like, somebody who they were very close to and were like, we are not emotionally in a place to make a movie right now. And then, you know, fucking, it's pro it's Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. So Warner Brothers are like, well, we're making this movie, and George Miller had to be like, all right, well, you're not making a Mad Max movie without me, so... Like, I'll do parts of it, I guess. Yeah. And so, with that in mind, I feel like part of the thing that people knock that movie for is the Thunderdome itself. Sure. And the Thunderdome sequences. Mm hmm I think that sequence fucking rules. The first time I saw that, because I believe, I think the first time I saw the movie is when we saw the trilogy projected on 35 that's at the, the draft house. That's the only time I've ever seen that one. Yeah, same. And so I was like, oh, God, here comes the Thunderdome shit. Mm. But the fact that, like, for those that don't know, they're in this giant... It's like those things on the playground. Yeah. Like the dome that you climb all <laughs> like over. Like the dome cage thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fucking massive. And it's, like, lined with spikes. Mm -hmm. So you could, like, be thrown in and get, like, impaled and shit. But they're strapped up with those, like, bungee cords that they had in Guts. For like the basketball games and shit, yeah, oh, and they fight like that. And there are there are aren't there weapons like on oh, the, yeah. like, the ceiling and shit that they can like bounce up to. There are, yeah. And I mean, like, it definitely like is kind of goofy, but I also think it's like a really exciting action scene and very tense, and it's done super fucking well. It's just tough, like watching it immediately after Mad Max and the Road Warrior. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because it's, like, such a dip in quality, and then also, like, the tone is so different. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like watching Army of Darkness after Evil Dead 2. Yeah. It's, which like, a is, different thing. And Army of Darkness is a much better movie than... What were we talking? Beyond Thunderdome? Yes, than Beyond it's, Thunderdome. Yeah. It's way more consistent. Yeah. It's, like, it tracks all the way through you in could, what it's trying to do. You could see Evil Dead building to that point. Yeah, um, where it, it, it's like almost like full on Three Stooges. Yeah, at that point, exactly mixed with a classic. Uh, I don't know who directed Clash of the Titans. 
Um, Mr. Ray Harryhausen, right? Oh, okay, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm so unfamiliar, like, embarrassingly with Ray Harryhausen that I wasn't sure if, like, he was a director or if he just did, like, the effects and So stuff. that's the thing that I'm not sure of either, and I mean... Honestly, I'm not necessarily embarrassed about it as I am just willing to admit that it is like a blind spot in yeah. my cinematic knowledge, I suppose. Um trying to look something up on my phone, but I don't really have enough uh connection for it to work, so it's not working. Um It's been um it's been 10 years since we first started podcasting, which yeah. was we started podcasting together in 2010. And it was called Danger Cast. Oh, boy. And I started re-listening to Danger Cast in oh, preparation for this. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I only watch, I only listened like two minutes of it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get very far. But immediately, it starts off with me making a joke about how, like, you got to look shit up on podcasts. Yeah. And that's what podcasts are, is people looking shit up on the computer. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, we can open with a stronger bit than that this time. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so we're talking about Army of Darkness Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Movies uh-huh. are cool. What's the, so, yeah, nope, the yeah. threads are... It's tough, because I always forget <laughs> the lead-in that, like, leads us to... Mm-hmm. Oh, but, I mean, there's there's stuff in Beyond Thunderdome, too, that I really like, like, the whole scene where he rolls into town and they're like, give up your weapons, and mm. it's a comically long sequence of him uh, pulling shit out and, yeah. like, laying it down the counter. Yeah. So if you haven't, what I'm saying, I guess, is if you haven't seen Beyond Thunderdome... You know, give it a shot. Lower your expectations and give it a shot. I like how last episode our movie recommendation was She Dies Tomorrow. Uh, and Vampire Bird Serenade. No, that was oh, this, that was this one. time? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm already lost. So our two movie recommendations for this episode, apparently, yeah. are Vampire Bird Serenade and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Which circles back to the discussion we were having, I think, on the first episode about... Um, like expectations and like suspension of disbelief based oh, on prior sure. film watching. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you watch Vampire Burt's Serenade, Beyond Thunderdome is gonna look like a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. You're gonna be all about that I shit. I guess so. On the tail end of Vampire Burt's yeah. song. That's like saying that like funny people is a masterpiece if you watch it right after the room. Yeah, it is. It's I mean the- I guess. I feel like honestly, I, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I would enjoy the room more. I just then I'm still what? I don't then oh, funny, funny people. No, oh. not funny games. I did I say funny games? I meant funny people. Oh, okay. I think I, maybe I heard. I thought you said funny games. I thought I said funny people. I mean, funny games is there's no question that funny games is a better movie than both of those. Yeah, I was like, Although, I don't get this point. I do think funny games has its head up his ass, kind of a bit. Yeah, as uh, does funny people. Well, yeah, yeah, that's for certain. That movie is very firmly sitting on its own shoulders. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Look at me. I remade The Great Gatsby. Oh, look at this. I remember when I. I found out that movie was a two and a half hour drama was when it ended. <laughs> <laughs> That's another movie that feels like two movies. Like they do the whole, they do the, you know, aging comic selling out, getting a terminal illness and grappling with that movie. Yeah. And then that movie ends and you're like, Oh, he's better. Yeah. And it's like, surprise. It's the great Gatsby. Uh, yeah. All right. I remember, I think, like, a collective 30 seconds of that movie. 
What 30 seconds was it? What what stood out? Uh, the opening that has home video footage of Adam Sandler making a prank phone call. Yeah, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Because the opening of that movie is just like, look at all this, like, look at Adam Sandler growing into his own as a comedian. Yeah. And it's great. Uh-huh. And then the rest of the movie happens and you're like, oh, mm. that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I've, there's like a part of me that w- is curious to watch that movie again, but then is not curious enough to do it anytime soon. Yeah. Like, you know, as a as Sandler completionists, I, I can see the need to, like, want to revisit it. Yeah. But also, I feel like, of all this stuff, that's the one I'm least inclined to. I probably will two. watch it the last, after I see, like, ones that I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, the, which I think there are definitely a few, because it's easy to forget how many movies Adam Sandler stars in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for them, I think I've seen most of his his like starring stuff at least once. I've seen maybe half. Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of the recent stuff I haven't I haven't seen like I haven't seen. Is it called Just Go with It? Him and Aniston. Just, yeah, Jennifer that's Aniston? Just Go with It. Yeah, I haven't seen that or like Blended or Blended is good. Uh, Just Go with It's uh, good. Um, I mean, I like a lot of his more recent stuff. Um, did you, Sandy Wexler is really good. Um, I want to watch that. Yeah. That movie is, for some reason, is like two hours and fifteen minutes long. Right, but it's really, it really is enjoyable. Um, but yeah, and honestly, I mean, I this year, I think I like three of his most like maligned I saw for the first time and fucking loved, um, which were uh you don't mess with the zohan um it's fuck yeah you don't mess with the zohan jack and jill and then the fucking absolute masterpiece which is grown-ups 2 okay yeah grown-ups 2 is something so fucking special I need to watch. I need to sit down and watch the whole thing because I've I've only seen clips. Yeah. On like my stupid YouTube dives, where I can't like stop clicking on the next clip of a film, right? As opposed to watching the well, film. I I think I I did I showed you some clips from it too. Yeah. Because I was like, you have to see this one scene, but it is. It's, that's a magical movie. I don't know if I want to say too much about this one particular part, but I, my favorite is definitely the the I am the law bit. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, Spe- oh, have you seen The Ridiculous Six? That is one of the ones I have not seen. Oh, okay. I'm and really curious to see how that's you, so there. what you I, think about that movie. I think that it has the reputation it has for a reason, and oh, that people yeah. don't really talk about it for the same reason. I definitely, I feel like there are definitely parts in it, you know, like a lot of uh, more problematic or maybe, let's say, shitty mm. comedies. Yeah, yeah. That, like, there'll be one or two bits where I'm like, okay, I really like that. Which was, I had a personal reckoning because, again, fucking Fandango YouTube, just mm. clicking on these little, these little bits of cinema. I've been watching way more of A Million Ways to Die in the West than ever thought i would sure and there's some like there are some really funny bits in that movie okay that i was surprised how much i enjoyed them and i'm gonna i'm gonna show them to you after this okay um and i won't tip them but like 
I feel like as a whole, I wouldn't like that movie. Mm-hmm. I I have yet to see. Right. But there were like little, little pockets of like really good stuff in there. So that's like kind of the thing with Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, I can't tell you the last time I watched an episode of that show. Right. But it's the kind of thing where it's like for an entire episode's worth of shitty jokes that there are, there's like one that absolutely fucking nails it. Yeah. You know? I haven't been able to find it online, uh, and I'm, I'm probably just going to describe this bit. I'm uh, sorry. This has become Connor Describes Cleveland Show Bits, the podcast. <laughs> Thank God. So speaking of Cleveland, uh, let's talk about baseball. Sure. Tell me your baseball. Okay. So uh, like I said earlier, it's opening day, season three, mm. uh, and it sucks because so in baseball, you, uh, you can make bets on baseball games. And the coins you win from those bets, you can use to purchase a number of things. One of those is you can purchase, A, the right to vote, and then you purchase individual votes. So it's 100 coins per vote, and what you're voting for is decrees and blessings. And a decree is something that affects all of baseball. So a good example is there was a decree, I wasn't present for this, but during season one of ba- baseball, there was a decree to open the book. And there was no explanation given as to what the book did. But obviously people were curious and they voted for the book. So the book has been opened and we can't close the book. It's like Pandora's box. So now that led to the discipline era. And during the discipline era, all the games took place during a solar eclipse. So that wasn't great. Uh, like, not huge visibility on the field during a solar eclipse. Season 2, I did vote for this several times, uh, is one of the decrees was just Peanuts. That was the title of the decree, and the description was Peanuts. So everyone fucking voted for Peanuts. That was very popular. So now we're still in the discipline era, but now we're experiencing a peanut plague. So certain games, the weather isn't a solar eclipse, the weather is Peanuts. So it's raining peanuts and you can buy peanuts and you can consume peanuts. So I've been doing that quite a bit. I think I've eaten like five peanuts so far in my baseball game. And I'm really hoping there's a, there's a infamous Charlie Brown advertisement where (laughs) the guy says, are you ready for peanuts? But there's a legend that he's actually saying penis. And apparently there are multiple versions of it where some people think like they corrected it. And released a version where he enunciates more. So you can go on YouTube and find him saying like, Are you ready for penis? You want to talk about penis videos? Are you still talking about baseball? No, and I'm talking about Charlie Brown. But I just said peanuts so many times that I feel like <laughs> someone's going to hear penis. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on that just briefly. Okay. So my team is the Baltimore Crabs. Before you even like... The thing about baseball is when you sign up, it gives you very little information about what it is. It's just baseball.com and there's like a login page and a sign up page. And the first thing you do when you sign up is you pick what team you want to back. So there's like a lot of good choices. I went for the Baltimore Crabs. That oh. was my team. Okay. And it's funny because my team, I'm sorry, much love to the Crabs, but they're not great. <laughs> We're not great. The one thing we had going for us was after season one, there's a, there's a blessing. And the way blessings work is you vote for a blessing And it's basically like a raffle. So the more votes you cast, the more chance you have to receive that blessing. But at the end of the day, it's random. It's chance. So even if you have like 85%, 
of the raffle tickets, you can still lose. Um, so what happened to us after season one is we got a blessing called defection, which is where we get the best pitcher in the league. And there's another blessing called literal arm cannon. So someone's pitcher, their arm transforms into a literal cannon and all the players have ratings. So that arm cannon blessing basically maxes out their pitching stats. So another team got that, but we got defection. So we got polka dot Patterson. And I'm going to be honest, Polka Dot Patterson was like the only thing the Crabs had going for them. Is we had this amazing fucking pitcher. And that's why we did like okay during season two. Problem being, we lost Polka Dot because someone else got defection. And what I think is really frustrating is I put most of my votes into this one thing, which is a performance enhancing demons, which is where we worship a Lovecraftian god and that raises our stats by 8% across the whole team. So it bumps the whole team. And the Crabs actually won the majority of the votes. We had the majority with 17%. We got no blessings this season because the fucking, the lovers got that blessing even though they had 0% of the votes. So that's why, like, the Crabs, like, and people are saying we're going to have a rough season, but what I love about the Crabs is they can't, they released a statement and they're like, listen... We don't need gods. We're going to take this league like on our own merits. And that's what makes me happy to be a Crabs fan. Also, the fact that if you want to change your allegiance for your team, you have to buy a Fairweather flute, and that shit's like 2,000 coins. So I'm fucking locked into my Crabs fandom, right? Yeah. All right. So if you're still with us, mm. here's what Blazeball is. You go on the site. Okay. You pick your team. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think once an hour, there are the games. So, they each... the It's broken up into leagues. So, there's Chaotic Good, Chaotic Evil, Lawful Good, Lawful Eagle. Lawful Evil. Sure. Those are the four leagues. Okay. And, basically, when you go to Blazeball.com, you see a list of the games playing. And it's what teams are playing each other, how many points each team has. And then there's, like, a visual representation of the bases... The number of outs, the number of strikes, and the number of balls. Okay. So you're watching, like, a computer kind of, like, work through a baseball game in the span of 30 minutes. And there's a little box that, like, describes what's happening. So in the box, it'll be like, Sutton Dreamy is up to bat. Sutton Dreamy strikes out. Sutton Dreamy hits a foul. Mm. So you're, like, watching the computer work through this game. And there are hidden stats that the computer is using to influence, like, how the games go. Mm. And I should have brought up the stats here because they're really great. It's, like, one stat is thwackability. <sighs> uh, another stat is, like, unthwackability. And there's stuff like composure. But there's also stuff like... It's just they're all wacky shit that it determines, like, these outcomes by. Okay. The thing is, though, sometimes, like, horrible things happen. So, like, the umpire has been known to go rogue and incinerate players. Oh. So a lot of times okay. if you like follow the baseball commissioner on Twitter, you'll hear like, oh, we're sorry to hear that such and such player was incinerated. We determined that it was due to natural causes. Even though it was the umpire who did it. Uh, okay. So that's a li- I haven't heard people talking about that. They've just like you retweet the commissioner if you think he's doing a good job. I've seen a lot of support for the commissioner. Okay. I'm going to come out and say, I don't know if I support the commissioner fully. If he's like writing off all these incinerations as natural causes. That's 
Fair. I have a question. Okay, yeah. What is the most blasphemous thing you have ever said? <laughs> I used to know it. I used to know it. Um, I don't know. Maybe like fuck God in the ass. Oh, nice. Something like that. That's I don't pretty know. cool. Honestly, like even though like I don't believe in God, yeah. there are still times where I'm like, oh God damn it, and I think about it, and uh, I'm like, <sighs> oops, another strike, another strike <laughs> against me. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you know if if you're the type of person to like get obsessive over like weird stuff that others might view as like a complete waste of your life, I highly recommend baseball. <laughs> I'm really it's honestly like it's a mix of and it's funny because instantly it puts you in the zone of like you get the satisfaction of talking about baseball. Like, you get to, as someone who's not into sports, mm. it gives you the thing of, like, oh, fuck, we lost Patterson. So okay. He's going to be rough. Sure. You know? Especially in a time where, like, live sports television is, like, iffy at best. Yeah. And probably won't be, will probably be shut down pretty soon. Mm, they it's, keep trying. And yeah. It's just like, hey, what is not a good idea right now? Have you seen the CGI fans? Oh, God, no, that sounds horrible. Yeah, they have, like, CGI fans now, and they're, like... I think when I saw it, they were, like, 2D images. Ah. And it was funny because they were filming a guy walking along, like, in front of the fans, quote-unquote. But they obviously can't, like, in a live way, rotoscope him out. So the fans are above him, even though they're supposed to be behind him. But they're still cut off because they can rotoscope, like, the stance. Because that's more static. Oh, boy. So it's, like... I just think that's an indicator, like, we should not be doing this. No, it's so dumb. I don't I don't understand why do they need to pretend that there are people there. We know that there are not people there watching. Yeah, I don't know why they need to pretend for our sake. I think it's interesting um, in terms of, like, the NBA. Sure. Because they pitch in, like, they, they pipe in fake audience noise because that's what, like, the players are used to. All right. So it's kind of like white noise to them. Um, which I think like, oh yeah, that would like totally fucking throw me off. Oh, without it. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Yeah. But I don't know why like on TV we have to, cause it just makes it even weirder to see like fake. Yeah. PS one level spectators. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, they want to create some kind of normalcy, but like in doing so are like just making the abnormal that much more noticeable. Yeah, they're highlighting like the surreal nature of the whole the whole thing. And on that note, I encourage everyone to check out Blazeball, Blazeball.com. It's your new favorite thing. Mm. Uh it's it's very much about like exploration and becoming part of this community. It's really inclusive, it's very fun. All the people have very funny names, like uh my brother back to the New York Millennials. Okay. They're I think it's their star pitcher is Dominic Marijuana. And he's a dope player. It's my kind of guy. Yeah. I was a Polka Dot Patterson guy, but fucking he went to... God, he went to the Moist Talkers. Of all the fucking teams to go to, why'd it have to be the goddamn... It's such a horrible, gross name. And it's something you all are probably experiencing listening to me talk. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Mouths are moist. Mouths are moist. And you know, some people, like... For some people, that ASMR shit really hits, and I hope y'all listen to this podcast. Yeah.
me, how did how do you react to that? Because it like oh, it hurts it, me. No, physically. it really depends on what it is. Like if it's like ASMR, but it's just I, like I don't know. I don't relax when I listen to like I'm not relaxing when I listen to people talk and shit. Yeah, it's distracting. You know, especially when I can hear like the when they like lower their voice, but the saliva sounds are like louder than yeah. like their speech. I oh, want to hear do it. it. I don't want to hear it. That's just going to make my skin crawl. Yeah. Ugh. So I hope y'all skin isn't crawling no, out there. I but hope I you're hope. Skin covered bulldozer. Well, I was just going to say, I hope that you are a skin covered bulldozer. And that's what you get on this podcast diverse opinions. Yeah, exactly. You know? So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning out. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Exactly. But we won't because it's a podcast. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.